Good morning, I'm Jake Sherman, and welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It is Thursday, October 20th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, exploring Tom Ember's candidacy for Republican whip. Number two, Steny Hoyer chips in for the majority. And number three, the CFPB's funding stream is threatened by the Fifth Circuit. Let's get into it. We are continuing our series this morning on the House Majority Whip. If Republicans take the majority, we're not saying they will uh, take the majority, but they are uh, marching toward it in some way, shape, or form. Nothing is decided. Everyone relax. But there's an interesting three-way contest brewing here between Jim Banks, Drew Ferguson, and Tom Emmer. Emmer is uh, the NRCC chair. We've already explored Banks' candidacy. We will explore uh, Ferguson's candidacy at some point in the next week. Um, Let's start with this. Uh, Emmer, 61, he is in his third term of Congress. He is in his second term running the campaign committee, which is uh, uh, an interesting role when running for the leadership. So um, he's not even running his race at this point. Guy Rushenthaler is. He is the um, the he's a close ally of McCarthy, which is important in this context. And he's also going to be, in, in all likelihood, the chief deputy whip if Emmer becomes the whip. Um, whip is an incredibly important job in a House majority. Um, it is the chief vote counter. They have a seat at the leadership table. They have to be a close ally of uh, everybody in the leadership if they're doing their job right. And remember, McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, was already the whip, so he's going to have a um, he's going to have a uh, heavy say. Let's put it that way, or a lot of opinions as to how the job should be run. So we're going to do our typical SWOT analysis here, and I'm going to try to run through this quickly because uh, there's a lot to talk about. Emmer's strength here is obvious. Uh, he is. It's going to be very difficult for the membership to say that the, the NRCC chair who has won the majority and won two cycles in a row, it's difficult for the membership to say, listen, he's not up for the job and he shouldn't get the job. Um, and the, his base of support, his natural base of support is actually broader than anybody else in this race. It's incoming freshmen and um, people who, not only his natural allies in the conference, but it's incoming freshmen who have um, benefited from the NRCC's largesse. Um, He has an interesting bunch of public endorsers. Patrick McHenry, the top Republican on financial services, um, who's a very well-respected voice and, and person in the conference, Andy Biggs of Arizona, who's uh, one of the most right-wing lawmakers in the House, younger members such as Kelly Armstrong and Brian Stile, French Hill. So this is a, um, there's a lot of crossover appeal here that we didn't necessarily expect. Now, Emmer's allies say he could win a um, secret ballot on the first ballot. Um, uh I don't know that I believe that yet. It's a uh, it's impossible to say one way or another at this point, but fi- fair enough. One of the glaring weaknesses in Emmer's candidacy is he's going to have to put this together quickly. Uh, he's not personally asking people for support. He's leaving that to Reschenthaler. And furthermore, I'm a little skeptical about the NRC, about the newly elected freshman as a um, a base of support. Uh, as others are. I'm a little bit more skeptical than others are. Why? Because I think that there are members who are not going to vote for him. Um, Harriet Hageman, Eric Burleson, just as two examples, red districts who never had a um, a race 
uh, a general election race. Are, are they going to be uh, indebted to the NRCC? No, they're not. Um, the biggest threat here to Emmer is if the NR- if Republicans come up short, if Republicans come up short on election night, the NRCC is going to be to blame. Um, not necessarily accurately, but they're going to get the blame, especially when when Republicans have spent the cycle, when McCarthy has spent the cycle um, uh, saying, you know, they could win 50 or 60 seats. You know, anyway, that I don't think um, I don't think that um, it's as easy as as that. Number two item of the day, Hoyer presses Democrats to give more money and he has sent Two hundred thousand dollars to the to the DCCC. That's Steny Hoyer, the House Majority Leader. He sent a letter to Democrats today announcing he's giving a hundred thousand more to the DTRIP and a hundred thousand to the leadership aligned House Majority PAC. This comes after uh, Nancy Pelosi has pledged to match dues as well to the DCCC. Now, listen, Democrats are trying to get cash. Um, there's no doubt about that. They face uh, very tough prospects in 19 days on Election Day. Um, so, you know, that's just the uh, that they're trying to get money any way they can. Um, they're saying Hoyer saying that they could raise another twenty three million dollars if people ponied up, if all their fr- non frontline members contributed 10 percent of their cash on hand. Um, that's that's funny. It'd be interesting to see if anyone contributed 10 percent of their cash on hand, although, you know, um, that would probably equal kind of near what Hoyer's giving here. Um but listen, this is a party that's trying to hold on to the majority and they need cash. I mean, remember, Sean Patrick Maloney, the chair of the TCCC, just got $4 million put on him on TV in New York. Um, and, you know, it's tough. They need the cash. The problem is, broadly speaking, they, um, they've, had, they, they've struggled to get money from their members all cycle. And now they're, you know, now they're, they're pushing for money 19 days out. And, you know, it's tough. Anyway, we'll have more on the fundraising front for Democrats in the, in the coming days and weeks because they are they are pushing really hard. Number three story of the day, really quickly, the CFPB now faces an existential threat after a Fifth Circuit ruling. This is from uh, Brendan Peterson, our awesome, awesome financial services reporter. Um, the Fifth Circuit, which is one of the became one of the most conservative benches in the Trump administration, ruled that the mechanism the CFPB uses to fund itself violates the Constitution. Now, the CFPB gets its funding stream through the Federal Reserve, which they say is not is not constitutional. Um, now, this is beca- going to become incredibly important in a uh, if there's a Republican majority, if the CFPB needs to seek direct appropriations from Congress. That puts them in a uh, in a very difficult spot. And with that, leave us a rating and review. You can subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.